Hi, I'm Robert Flutie, and thank you for joining me at What Matters. Today, I want to talk about listening and judgment. Now, they're not two separate things. They actually are tied together. There's an exercise that I did a while ago about what active listening is truly like. Maybe it's something that you want to try at some point with somebody that you are in a constant communication process with or with somebody who communication is a key and essential part of your relationship. It could be a personal relationship or a professional relationship. Obviously, it doesn't matter. Or you could just try it with a friend because it's incredibly revealing about how we actively listen as individuals. So I had this experience recently with somebody else when I was talking to them, and I noticed that they were kind of drifting off in the conversation. I said, hey, where are you at right now in this conversation? And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I was thinking about a hundred different things, you know, picking up kids from school, buying a Christmas tree, thinking about the holidays, planning trips, getting the kids to the doctors for their wellness visits, etc." And that's actually something that happens on a frequent basis, right? We have a thousand things going on, going in a million different directions. We're constantly being pulled. Our time is at a premium in terms of being able to have extra time to give to anyone, let alone ourselves. And what's most interesting is that the vast majority of our time with people is actually engaged in a process of communication, Literally, we're talking to each other, whether it's via text or face-to-face or on a telephone or through an email, we're constantly in communication. And what's really truly interesting to me is in that process of communication, are we just looking at the words? Are we taking them in? Are we interpreting them to mean something for the purposes of whatever that conversation may be about? And are we reacting and responding to them just off of like the top of our heads or in some sort of top-line fashion? Like here's a silly, simple example. Hey, I'm hungry. I'd like to go get Chinese food. Would you like to come? And the person's response is, yeah, I'm hungry too. Let's go get a burger. Well, that's not what I said. I said, I'm hungry. Would you like to go get some Chinese food? So an active listener would hear two things coming out of that statement. One, that I'm hungry, and two, that I'm actually calling out what I would like to do, which is to go have Chinese food. It's a silly example, and maybe it's an oversimplified example at that, but the point that I'm trying to make is that when somebody's talking to you and they are telling you something, are you putting value and weight into the words? Are you listening to what it is they're saying to you and actually assigning something in terms of meaning and significance to what that person is saying to you? One of the chief complaints in most relationships is that people don't feel hurt. They don't feel that they're being listened to. They don't feel that their words actually have any weight when they say things to their significant other or to their partner. And it's easy to understand how that happens. I mean, we live in a world where technology has us moving at a rapid pace. There is information that is flowing in front of us at a thousand miles an hour. We're bombarded with messages from everything from advertisements to demands that are placed upon us by our work environment to things that are going on in our personal life. So it's actually no surprise that we're not hearing each other and we're not actually listening to what other people are saying to us. And that's why I felt that it's a really great topic for us to talk about what active listening is truly like. In its simplest form, active listening is literally focusing in on what somebody is saying to you and then hearing and or seeing the words that are being communicated to you in the context of what that person is trying to say. Now, I'm not certainly suggesting that we're robotic and be like, oh, there you go. You are saying that you want Chinese food, so let's go have Chinese food. 
What I'm saying is that when someone is saying that they're hungry and that they want to go have Chinese food, it would probably look like you're an active listener if you say, oh, I hear that you're hungry and I hear that you say that you'd like Chinese food. That's awesome. Sure, I'm down for Chinese food. Or if you're not down for Chinese food, you still make an acknowledgement of the fact that the person is saying that they want Chinese food. And then you try to engage them in an act of compromise to consider something other than Chinese food if you're not willing to go along with the suggestion of Chinese food. So just as a basic fundamental principle, being able to be engaged in an active listening process with somebody is about zeroing in and focusing on what it is that they're saying to you. And then listening to it in a way that is almost black and white and somewhat binary, to be quite frank with you, there's no need to put meaning and significance into the words because if you're not clear on what somebody is saying to you, you can always ask a question, right? This is where we often get into trouble. We hear something that someone is saying and then we make presumptions about what the meaning of what that person is saying and we kind of go off on tangents or we influence the conversation by interposing our own definition of what it is that's being said. And oftentimes that can get us into trouble because now instead of asking questions for clarity and being able to engage someone in helping you understand what it is they're saying, you're taking whatever it is that you think that person is saying and you're feeding it back to them. And oftentimes that creates a little bit of a disconnect or it could derail a conversation because now the person's not hearing that they're being heard. What they're hearing is that you are running your own agenda or that you have an interpretation of things that is more important to you than it is to them. And that pulls you apart from the process of being able to connect both fundamentally on a level of two people trying to talk to each other or on an intimate level. And it's not an easy practice. When someone is talking to you, because of the way that we're wired and because of the physiological makeup of our brains and because of how we are wired and because of how we are trained, we are really not pausing in that process. We are not immersing ourselves in that process. What we're doing is we are running things as if we're computers and running algorithms to try to identify what it is we're trying to achieve in that conversation. I've been guilty of it on a number of occasions. Someone's talking to me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yep, mm -hmm. yeah, I got you, right? Yeah, no, I understand. And then you finish literally the person's sentences. Sometimes the other person doesn't even have an opportunity to know that what you're telling them that they, you think that they're saying to you is accurate. They go along with it and then they realize somewhere down the road, wait a second, that's not what I said, that's not what I meant. How did I even end up in this place? So step one, active listening is looking at the person and or freeing your mind from any significant meaning or value that you place on what someone is telling you so that you can hear it as if you're hearing it for the first time. That means remaining neutral, open, and willing to actually accommodate what someone is saying to you. Open, neutral, and accommodating. That's what you need to be able to do to be an active listener when you're communicating with people. So that begs the question, if you're at a place or in a moment in time of your life where you're not open and willing to accommodate, then you need to acknowledge that. And you need to be able to tell someone, okay, I'm not at a place where I can have this conversation right now. Would it be okay if we come back to have this discussion later on? Or I hear you, give me a minute, and then you can step away and calibrate and come back when you're present and open to receive the information that someone's trying to share with you. Sounds like a lot of work, 
because it is. It's a lot of work because we're not trained and our muscle memory in that area isn't incredibly strong. The process of communication is the process of being able to identify the message that someone is delivering to us in the context of what that person is seeking to communicate to us. Now notice I said it's in the context of what that person is seeking to communicate to us. Oftentimes, what it really ends up being is in the context of what we are communicating to ourselves from what that person is saying to us. Our influences around our beliefs, our values, our judgments, our inferences from maybe the kind of day that we've had or what's happening in that particular moment in time. It really requires us to stop, slow down, and to consider that being a good partner in a communication process is built on the foundation of being able to be open to receiving information and to receive information in the context of what that person is trying to say to us. And the first and primary most important context of what a person is trying to say to us is who is that person and what is the subject matter. If your spouse, partner, lover, best friend is communicating to you, then you know that the level of information that they're sharing with you is coming from a place that is attached to a certain degree of intimacy and love and care and understanding. So therefore, your listening process has to align with what that person is actually doing with you in that moment in time. The fun exercise I was talking about is take a friend or a family member, get your watch ready, and let them talk to you for one minute. Ask them to pick up a subject and let them speak with you uninterrupted by you for one minute. And really focus in on and hone in on the one minute of the words that are coming out of that person's mouth. And observe yourself in that process. Observe whether or not you're truly able to remain committed to the process of listening to them. Look into their eyes. Gaze at their mouth as the words are coming out of their lips. And make a determination that your commitment to hearing someone is based on your ability to focus and to give up any of your preconceived notions about whatever it is that that person may be saying to you or how you may be feeling in that moment in time based on what that person is saying to you. It's not going to be something that's particularly easy as a starting point, but like everything else as human beings, the more we practice it and the more we engage in that process, the stronger we become and the better we become in actually doing that particular action. Not running out the door or checking your emails or texting in the middle of or having multiple conversations at one time is essential to this part of learning how to be an active listener. And yes, you know, we live in a world where smartphones are dominating our attention and our time. Guilty is charged. Active listening isn't putting your phone down and saying, okay, let's talk. Active listening is forgetting that the phone even exists. Active listening is forgetting about whatever it is that may be going on in your mind or putting it aside at least so that you can be fully present and accountable in that process. The second part of active listening is being aware of how you actually create judgments in that process. Back to my example of I'm hungry, I'd like Chinese food. Someone who's listening to me could have a reaction like, oh my God, wants Chinese food? It's a judgment. Call it an opinion, call it a preference, call it whatever you want. But if I'm telling you I want Chinese food and your reaction is anything other than, oh, I hear and understand you want Chinese food, 
you're actually changing the dynamic of and bending the conversation to go in a direction that you want it to go in, which doesn't make you an active listener in that process, correct? What matters is that you are aware of how when someone is speaking with you or communicating to you, that you're placing meaning and value on what it is they're saying to you based on your interpretation of the conversation in that moment in time. The example I gave earlier where our attention is distracted because of the thousands of things that are going on in our life takes you out of the conversation, right? So someone is speaking with you, they're trying to communicate something to you, it's obviously important to them, they're talking to you because they want to connect with you and to feel that they are being heard and understood, and you're sitting and you're thinking about all of the other thousands of things that are going on in your life. Now, there's no judgment in that process. I'm not sitting and saying we don't do it or that we don't have a thousand things going on at any particular moment in time. What I'm saying is that one of the principal building blocks of being able to have amazing relationships in your life for yourself included, is to be able to actively listen to what someone's saying to you. And in that process, as a step, freeing yourself from judgment on what that person is saying to you, freeing yourself from putting meaning and or value into what that person is saying based on your own experiences or your own belief systems or your own judgments about what you may think is right and or is wrong. So here's a funny little experience that I had today. Someone was talking to me. I was trying to be connected and present in the conversation. And in the course of, I don't know, maybe about a minute, a minute and a half, the thoughts that went through my head probably were distracting thoughts that didn't allow me to stay fully connected to the conversation. And they went somewhere along the lines of, oh, she's got an eyelash on her face. Her hair, is it? I didn't really notice it was that's blonde before. Hmm. I wonder what the place down the block has as a special for lunch today. Oh, I'm kind of hungry. Oh, shoot. I'm leaving on Thursday and I still haven't packed. I got to get my dry cleaning. Wait a second. Is it cold in here or I forgot to turn on the thermostat because it does feel a little chilly. Oh man, the Christmas tree. I got to get the Christmas tree. Is it going to rain in New York? Because I don't know if I have waterproof shoes. Now that happens in rapid succession and you know, we don't fully check out in a process of communication like that, but you would be surprised, and I invite you to explore this on your own, how connected you are and how committed you are to actively listening to what somebody has to be saying. That's just the sort of minor part of it. Where I find that I've gotten into the most trouble in my life when it's come to communication is that while someone is speaking to me, if I disagree or have a reaction to or think something ought to be different, I begin to place judgment on every part of what that person is saying and also it carries itself to the manner in which they're saying it to me. So if someone is saying something to me and they're trying to share how maybe my behavior or my attitude or my outlook on a particular subject was hurtful to them or disturbing to them or wasn't sitting well with them, I go into what I think you know most people would call a very defensive posture. Being defensive doesn't necessarily mean verbally expressing that I disagree with someone or saying, you're wrong, no way, that didn't happen, I can't believe this bullshit. 
there's a certain degree of judgment that is constantly happening in our heads throughout the course of a day. And we're assessing and evaluating whether something is in alignment with who we are and what our beliefs are and who we are as people who are committed to being able to get to a certain place in our life. So one of the key principles that I like to hone in on is just a matter of being aware, self-awareness, and truly being able to see and identify where you're checking in and checking out in, a, in the process of being the best version of yourself. The judgments fly frequently and with uh, reckless abandonment. You see somebody and maybe you notice their hair and maybe it's combed, maybe it's not. You see someone, you think about their body shape or you maybe register somebody as being too heavy you know, judgments are both negative and positive, right? You could see somebody who has a great body and a great physique and you could be like, oh man, that guy's got an amazing body. That's a judgment, right? Then whether or not you allow that to just sit and exist out into the world as an identification of an experience you just had is one thing. But if you say that person has an amazing body and then you go, gosh, I wish I could get my body to look like that, then you've actually engaged in the process of judging yourself, And the list goes on and on. The baby that's crying on the airplane, the dog that's barking next door, the neighbor who doesn't put away their trash bins after the garbage trucks have come by and picked them up, the weather, just even a simple complaint about, oh God, it's going to be raining and where's the sunshine? Judgment after judgment after judgment after judgment. 86% of our thoughts in the course of a day are actually negative thoughts that stem from us making judgments about the things that we're seeing and or experiencing. 86%. If you want to live a life that is more firmly rooted in happiness, then you've got to switch the algorithm that's running in your head and go from 86% of negative thoughts to 86% of positive thoughts. When you begin to see the world in a more positive way, then things will become more positive for you, right? So if out of 100 thoughts, 86 of them for me are negative, that means I have 14 moments in my course of my day that are positive moments. I don't want to live my life that way. And so imagine, take that and loop it back into the conversation we're having about conversations and communication. Someone is talking to you and you already know as a base starting off point that 86% of the things that we think about during the course of the day tend to have negative connotations and negativity behind them, then 86% of what's coming out of someone's mouth or off of an email to you or off of a text to you or in a phone call to you is going to probably have about 86% negativity surrounding it. So now you're jumping in, trying to be committed to having 100% of a relationship, and you're starting off with 86% of that relationship surrounded around negativity or judgment. Call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter. We are at a place where when we wake up, it is said that the first thoughts that you have in the first 13 seconds of a day will actually establish what your day will look like, feel like, and could potentially result in. Okay, the first 13 seconds, you wake up, if you moan and you groan and you bitch about the fact that it's Monday or it's raining or that your sciatica is hurting you or whatever, then you will take those 13 seconds and you will have extrapolated them to go throughout the course of the several hours that are still ahead of you. So you've actually begun to live the next several hours of your day in the first 13 seconds of your morning based on what you say to yourself and how you think. 
Bring that all together. Bring the 86% of negative thoughts that go on in your head in the course of a day. Bring the first 13 seconds of your day and what you actually say to yourself. And then think about what kind of communication and relationship value and day you're going to have when you allow that to continue to happen, which is what the self-awareness piece is all about, right? So you want a better life, but you're starting off on a foot that is actually setting you up to not have a better life. You want a better relationship, but you're actually engaging in activity that is centered around negativity. So there has to be a shift. There has to be a change. And that's where the ability to be actively listening throughout the course of your life will make a difference. Being able to actively listen, not only to other people, but to yourself, to actually listen to what you are saying to yourself when you are hearing other people or listening to information that's coming at you from the world, or what you're saying to yourself is the cornerstone of how everything will continue to unfold for you. That's what matters. What matters is how you look at things. So we're going to have a constant message that I'm going to hammer away on in the course of all of these podcasts and everything I say and everything that I do. It's not about behavior change. It is not about going and figuring out how to do something differently. The thing that needs to happen is you need to see things from a different perspective. You need to have the ability to determine that your perception becomes your reality. And if you do not change that perception, if you do not will yourself to think and see things in a different way, you will just continue to see things in the same way you've seen them your whole entire life. Is it easy? Heck no, it's not easy. If it was easy, you wouldn't be listening to me or listening to Jay Shetty or listening to Gary Vee or Tony Robbins. You wouldn't buy books from Brene Brown or Gabby Bernstein. You would be sitting at home and you'd be like, oh, got to figure it out. I'm just going to look at the world in a different way. And guess what? Magically, poof, there it happens. We're going to be fine. This is a setup for where we're going to be going here, which is about accountability, which is about getting yourself to a place where you actually own the bullshit that has become a part of the outcome of your life so that you can see and understand that the life that you have is the life that you've created. It is no accident if your life is in the shitter, if your relationships are failing, if you have no money in the bank, if your professional career is at a standstill, if you find yourself empty and alone if you find yourself in a place where you feel like you have no purpose, it's not because there's nobody writing books or putting up posts about how to make things better for you. It's literally about how you see things and how you connect to your ability to be able to make things better for yourself. None of it happens if all you do is sit around and complain. So next podcast, we're going to talk about accountability. We're going to talk about how you actually play a role and are responsible for the way that the world gets created around you. And it's going to be eye-opening, powerful, and empowering to be able to see that you are capable of having the life that you want and that you deserve. It's a process. Be patient, be kind, be loving to yourself. And while you're out on this journey, just remember one thing. No one's asking you to change. No one's asking you to be different than who you were. Own it, be that person, and commit yourself to being able to see things differently. Once you do that, I promise you, everything in your life is going to go in the direction that you want it to. Thanks for joining me. This is What Matters. 